0: Stirring the pot with Drip Kitchen. Chet and I were talking about gray hairs because he can't wait to go um, gray. His beard, that is, obviously. Uh, I was going to say, what do you mean he can't
1: wait to go gray?
0: He wants his beard to be completely gray. And it's so funny because, like, I have so many. Like, mine are coming in in, like, chunks at this rate. And he's like jealous. And I was like, Chad, it's just stress. You just gotta really stress yourself out, dude. (laughs) You get to that level, that's all you produce. I must not be stressed then, because
2: I'm in my 30s and I haven't had a single one yet. I gotta show
0: you. I gotta show you. It's like you need the stress that creates like a heat at your scalp. That's, like, the growing um, warmth that it needs. It, silver hairs need, like, um, hot conditions. And that's just, like, heat from your anger and your stress. You gotta let it out, though. You can't have too much oxygen. Though. You gotta, like, scream and cry. And um, that's the recipe. That's how you get. Dude, he studied me, though. He told me he figured out my process of stress. What he do you said, mean? He says I'm very outward about it, which can't be a good thing. <laughs> he says that I just do the same thing. I get very upset and angry, and then I cry. He even called me out. He goes, Like, you cried in the shower yesterday. I was like, How'd you know? And he goes, I could tell. And I was like, Damn it. <laughs> I was like, I did out of the shower and cry. I was like, At first, I was like, Did he hear me? I'm like, How humiliating. I probably felt like a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> At least he's um, observant oh. I, know, I just handle my stress Outwardly I guess apparently it's very obvious But I don't know about you guys I mean I think that's healthy though Because it's better
1: than keeping it Inside We were kind of having this conversation On
2: the phone though Kim Because we were talking about how I kind of like Will deal with a situation to a point Things will just keep annoying me to a point, and then finally I'll just shut the door and I'll be done with it.
0: That's how I deal with stress. Shet and his mother think I don't know how to use a fork and knife properly. (laughs) Why? I don't know. I've been doing it the whole—I wish I could describe it, but to me I'd just be saying, You know how you do it the right way? And then his is like, I don't know. They're taken too seriously. I just use these things to stick the Triton with the food and put it into my mouth. <laughs> I, I, know. I,
1: can't to, like, I can't wait to I like, get to watch you use a fork and knife now. Cause I get to see what this looks like.
0: Yeah, or maybe No, I mean, I, if I had to put money on who's doing it, it's wrong, it's probably me. <laughs> um, I mean, it's just kind of one of those things where I'm like, it made me self-conscious about it So I'm like, I hope I'm not Holding it like I don't have thumbs or something <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god, I gotta see that I don't you know It's just hold it just like, like You know what it is? I think I hold um, the fork Kind of like a pencil And that throws people off That's not weird No, it's not, thank you uh, Yeah, you'll, you hold uh, it without Without thumbs, that'd be a little weirder yeah, right. Like a like a dumb idiot with a crayon or something. <laughs> no, I hold it like a pencil. But like they told me something about that's wrong or something. I don't know, Taylor. Me and you would just eat like total mongrels, maybe. And... <laughs> oh man, I don't know. That was probably the worst, slowest, weirdest. You ever realize that you say things or do things wrong and people point it out to you, and it just fucking makes you overthink it the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah i think that's why i don't like working on cars (laughs) is there anything that you ever believed in or like genuinely thought was true or said something a certain way and you just were dead set that that was how it was said or that was the thing yeah sure pisses me off when i find out i'm wrong i told you guys about saying i saw it i don't know where that came from but that pisses Chet off because he's like, there's no R's in saw. Because for some reason, when I tell people I saw it, I always say I saw it. <laughs> That's just like nothing I really ever noticed. Yeah, me either. Nobody ever corrected me up until 31 years into my life. Oh, I just got corrected. I always said paprika.
1: Paprika?
0: Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? It's really just paprika. Wait, it's not paprika? (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's just pronounced paprika. Paprika. Like a -A P-A-P and not a...
1: Paprika? You know when you say something so many times that it just feels wrong, now I can't even say it. But I thought it was always paprika.
0: (laughs) You were absolutely wrong. I... (laughs) I knew it wasn't paprika. (laughs) (laughs) That's super funny, though. Yeah. Okay, you want me to tell you the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to me?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Visa, It's farting in
0: front of somebody when you were younger. Your crush. Uh, Nope, this was even weirder. This was even... Not weirder. I was, like, in my mid-twenties. Don't ask me how I grew up with a computer my entire life almost. And didn't know that it was control alt delete. My dumb ass thought it was Citral Alt delete. <laughs> I said that out loud to someone, they said, What'd you say? And I was like, Citral alt delete. And they're like, <laughs> they, they were like, did yeah. They they had that exact reaction. They're like, Do you control alt delete? And I was like, fuck. Citral. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: that was a little <laughs> <laughs> alright guys we
2: should probably introduce our podcast guest
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah um, this week we're talking to frank from tire sex
3: oh. hey hey, hey oh. that's better <laughs> volume would help hey. how, how are you guys doing
1: good, good. how are you
3: good good L- little jet lagged, but uh, but but I'm alright.
1: <laughs> How was that? You were just at uh, Long Beach, right?
3: Yeah, we just landed this morning at like five a.m.
1: That is the one I really wanted to go to because I thought that was so cool, drifting. Yeah, up. it
3: was. It was my first time there, and it was uh, ev- everything that I hoped it would be for sure.
1: Hell yeah. We watched it on the live for a little bit. It was so cool. <laughs>
3: yeah, it's it's just insane to be there. And Long Beach is amazing too. I've you know, I've been in a lot of areas in California, but not Long Beach. It's just uh it's incredible. It's so cool.
2: What's been your uh, favorite part so far?
3: Oof, of everything or just Long Beach?
2: Oh Long Beach.
3: Long Beach? Um so I didn't know prior, I guess it's kind of a known thing, but there's this bar called the Pike that everybody goes to saturday after the event and literally everybody was there drivers teams and it was super cool it's owned by the drummer from social distortion apparently uh-huh. um so just you kind know, of everything combined like that being in long beach like all the drivers just kind of hanging out together it was i don't know that was pretty amazing
1: that's i saw um Lauren's Instagram story when she was there. I'm like, oh, that looks so cool.
3: Yep, yep, it was cool. Yeah, I was so stoked to have her out, too, and Tyler. It was, I don't know, it was, it was pretty amazing. Because the last time I saw them was at Club Loose in New Jersey, which is kind of crazy.
2: Oh, that's awesome. I'm so jealous. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, we hey, still. you guys are welcome anytime, for sure. You know. <laughs>
1: is Kim back? And
3: on? I'm actually, believe it or not, I'm going back on wednesday night um with my family with the wife and kids and we're gonna stay there for the grand prix and the super drift challenge so we'll be there wednesday sunday again
0: so, wow Yep.
3: Yeah. so it's kind of cool it's like one of those events you didn't want it to end and i going back for more <laughs> so
2: that's a lot of traveling though
3: yeah it's i love it like i don't mind the travel part like i don't mind flying and i don't know I've I've always enjoyed that, and now that it's, like, mandatory, it's even better.
2: (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah, we're just trying to see, because Kim is supposed to be on, but I don't know if she's having internet issues or not. Um, I
0: I am here. I just don't know if I'm lagged. I think you're okay. Okay, I was going to say, happy belated birthday, too, and I hope God I'm not
3: I tried to hide that as long as possible, and then my wife arranged to have, like, my favorite dessert delivered to the track, and everybody, like, sang happy birthday, like, Saturday as we were cleaning up, so I was like, oh, cat's out of the bag. Uh, <laughs> so, were you surprised? Oh, for sure, yeah, I had no clue what was going on, so they had this, like, huge tray of, like, tiramisu, it was, it was pretty cool.
2: My favorite.
3: Yeah, for sure, me too. <laughs> I have and it was a good had... one, too, especially for California.
1: So, I've never had tiramisu. What? <sighs> yeah wow i don't even know what it is
3: (laughs) uh it's like this italian dessert it's got like i don't know, kind of like an espresso line on top and it's made with like lady fingers and uh it's just it's amazing so good
0: it it tastes like a really it tastes like i guess really soft cake i don't know how to describe
3: it yep
0: yeah dude this is gonna sound
2: crazy and like Hopefully Manny doesn't really pay attention, but, like, I literally, like, went to Hannaford, and they sell these, like, single tiramisu things there, and I, like, two days ago just, like, bought one and ate it in the car and threw it out (laughs) so you wouldn't know. I was like, I had to get another one. (laughs) It's so good. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That's
3: awesome.
2: The sweets. Um, So we just finally wanted to talk about, like, Tire Stacks and, like, what your company's about and kind of, like, how you got started with it.
3: Sure sure yeah it's kind of kind of a long story some of it happened on purpose some of it happened as an accident um, but it's it's kind of cool it um you know as you guys know and you know I started off with my family's business and um, we had a support program for club loose for the whole grassroots you know drift club and whatnot and um, how club loose came about was we were at big um we meaning my family's business um we were a big distributor for hankook tire back in the day and hankook was always a big partner of formula drift so one of the formula drift rounds hankook had decided to do an experience day for our wholesale customers um meaning like guys that would push a lot of hankooks whether it be a little gas station garage up to somebody that owned like a big chain of tire stores um that all kind of fell under our customer base. So they brought out a couple Mustangs to Raceway Park and a couple F 150s and we did tire comparison. And they also brought out um, the Infinity that Chris built, uh, Chris Forsberg built, um, to do ride-alongs. And Chris wasn't there to drive it for us. I think it was Corey Hosford. Um, but that was my first experience in a drift car. And they did that the day before Formula Drift New Jersey, so that happened. And then we went to Formula Drift, and hankook had this big hospitality trailer set up for our customers. And after seeing all that, I immediately caught the bug, and then ended up meeting um, Tim from Club Loose, and you know, kind of came over. He's like, "Hey, uh, how can we get some hankooks from you guys?" You know, <laughs> you know, kind of saying like, "You know, I don't know how you pulled off getting here, but you know, we want to get involved." And um, so, of course, Tim got me out to a Club Loose event, totally caught the bug there as well. I was actually in the process of building a car for road, actually racing, and Tim totally got me the bug. And I ended up buying an E30, (laughs) you know, that was probably in too good a condition to make a drift car. But, you know, whatever, it worked out great (laughs) And, uh, and built that car from there. And had a blast. I mean, drove there for years, worked my way up into A group and, you know, started shredding with everybody. And then, um, you know, it was a, always became friendly with uh, Ricky Hoffman and Steve Misco. And at the, in the same year, both of those guys won their Prospect license or Pro2 at the time, now Prospect. And um, we all kind of sat down together and they were seeing if there was a way I could support them. And it didn't really make too much sense under a local level because our family's business really didn't do anything nationally where, you know, advertising under them would work. But I always liked the idea of trying to run a website and do what we did for Club Loose nationally and, you know, partner with other drift clubs and start shipping tires because even nowadays, I mean, there's more issues going on now with tire inventory but we it was always a shortage on tires at the end of the season um, especially in the northern states so I developed um, the website and I told the guys that I would support them in their season and we're going to use that as the launch to the website um, so we went out to SEMA in 2019 um, partnered with the guys at Grid Life, and they have this awesome game night that they host and it's kind of a like an industry type of event all the pro drivers are there and and that was the night we launched tire stacks um unfortunately with that being in november of 2019 COVID happened right after (laughs) so the whole season schedules got changed and and um kind of rewinding back to that hancock relationship um the the person in hancock that ran their motorsports division now runs for Nexon and I guess with COVID and everything happening he um, was splitting the roster for Pro Spec or Pro2 with Achilles and lost his budget once COVID happened so they had to back out of FD um, at least for the Pro2 side so me and him had a, had a conversation and I also talked with Formula Drift and we were looking into... I assisted in trying to help find other brands to get into the series, to see how things would happen, just um, really just being friendly and helping out and, you know, went through a couple of different calls to see what would work, what wouldn't work. And then when it finally came down to it, um, Achilles offered to take on the entire field, but needed help on the tire changing end. So that's when the question kind of fell on my lap saying, Hey, would you be interested in doing tire series? service for the series and um I've looked into uh with host yeah you know, even just inventory issues and everything for the website I've already started looking into where I'd be warehousing tires if it wasn't in our own warehouse and the business model was kind of developing without me really even knowing it and then as soon as the tire service part hit and it was like kind of the icing on the cake type of scenario Um, I actually sat with my business partner and, uh, you know, in in New Jersey, which was the family business. And um, we we came to a, uh, you know, an agreement and I had him actually buy out my shares um, so I could actually take tire stacks independent to be able to do that with Formula Drift. Um, Because there's no way I myself would be able to fit that in. You know, and still run the company, and you know handle all my duties. It just, it it wouldn't work, and and in a way, and I would formula drift to ask you hey you know (laughs) can you can you come on board and what better way to advertise you know the company that i was trying to to start or even division um you know it, it just all made sense all the stars aligned so i it was even though it's a risk for sure you know especially with a wife and kids and um i i knew i could make it work and even sold my house in new jersey and Left, uh, you know, all my friends and everything I knew there to move to Florida because I knew the expenses would be less there to to be able to sustain that type of business at least in the first couple of years, and um, yeah, and that's that's how it all happened. And come here uh, in twenty twenty one, year two, we um, got fortunate enough to to partner with GT Radio, and we literally handled the whole thing now just about you know 90 percent of the pro drivers as well as the whole pro 2 roster like everybody now so it's, it's kind of wild you know it was it was a risk but like i, I don't know i had high hopes i knew what what it could be and and i love helping the series i think it's formula drift is going to come a long way um you know it To the point where it was worth the risk i i think it's such a young organization um even at the pro end level i just think it's going to get better and better and it's it's going to turn into a phenomenal series not that it's not already i just think it's it's going to get massive so it was uh it was it was an all-in so (laughs) so i took the jump
1: how has it been like the travel like getting i'm sure you guys have big trailers right that you have to get from event to event like how does I that
3: actually have the smallest trailer there? Yeah. <laughs> as crazy as it is. But I mean that's all part of starting a business and just, you know, watching your expenses. Um I did get a newer diesel truck because I knew that it would have to make a couple cross-country hauls and um so that uh, to me that was more important just to make to guarantee that we're there just cuz so much is on our plate. Um you know, I wanted to make sure we spent the money on the rig that, you know, we were not going to have any issues with cuz we can't risk that whatsoever right. and and um i actually use the same 24 foot trailer that i used the all the 30 to club loosen which is in a way kind of cool um oh sorry about that i'll put my phone on silent there oh, that's okay. um, luckily that's a tire order <laughs> so, um, but but yeah um and then handling the tires because we're actually in charge of the um getting all the tires to the track as well um, it took a long time. I mean, especially um, for this year, and you know, we, which was the first year that we're responsible to get all the prospect tires there. I went through a couple different freight companies before I was really comfortable with the one um, that I found. It's um, actually Cohen Freight, and they were just totally saw them by accident. Drove by a facility that looked nice, and while I was researching it all, and I was like, all right, let me call these guys. You know, always had my eyes out. And, uh, and they've been the best freight partner this year. And every single time we've needed tires to get delivered to the track, it's been flawless, which was my biggest fear. Because <laughs> yeah, There's no such thing as getting there a day late or an hour late. I mean, when everybody's setting up, I mean, we our tire machines have to be live. The tires have to be there so we could get the drivers ready. You know, they, they can't worry about that part of it. And, you know, we, we tried to make that as, as good as we can for everybody.
1: How many tires do you think you bring to one event?
3: So the pro rounds, cause we're handling service for federal Nexon and GT Radial. um, GTs normally around 200 tires, same with Nexon and federal, um, just cause they have less drivers is around like hundred, 120. Okay. Um, so it's not too bad. So we do, you know, close to 500 in pro rounds. Um, you know, depending on weather, and then Pro spec is normally just about a thousand tires on its own um granted, some drivers do take some new home, but we're normally mounting i don't know twelve to fourteen hundred somewhere in that range, which i don't know I'm sure it's a record i I tried to reach out to Guinness and uh I don't know, I guess they wanted advertising for us to to get in the book so but who knows? I'd love to make that happen because I'm sure we're breaking records. It just can't get confirmed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> how many How many guys are on the team?
3: So we have three tire changers. Um, they're all awesome. Um, one of them actually worked under my family's business, which is really cool. And um, so he's been traveling with us. The other one is uh, Johnny, or that's Vinny um johnny's from texas he actually owns his own mobile tire company um called poetry in motion um also has a shop as well um so he runs a real successful business and he actually mounted under nexon before um so he came referred to me by um paul from nexon which was really cool and he's you know kind of been the team leader and you know really really helping me too because he had you know Probably more experienced than I did as far as the travel aspect and and knowing um, the pro drivers and the pro team, so it was um, definitely an asset to have someone like him. And my third guy is Nick, and I actually met him down here in Florida at a um, at an event at a Orlando Kart Center. Um, just came over, and he works for a guy that also owns a mobile tire company, and. He himself um, used to travel on a Grand Prix team for a while, um, which, you know, definitely not going through as many tires as we do, but it was nice to know that he could handle the travel aspect and, um, you know, know what it's like to be working outdoor in, in a type of venue like that. And then um, that's really the only staff that travels with us, Um, of course, outside of Victoria, who does uh, all of our media under Vital Focus, um, because without her, I wouldn't even have time to take my phone out to take a selfie or anything. So (laughs) I would have no, like, you know, there'd there'd be no documentation of anything that we did without her. So And, you know, she's amazing. So it's just nice. She's like almost like our hype person. If you haven't had the opportunity to meet her, her energy is just so high it just, it keeps the whole team pumped up, which is super cool. And then uh, the rest of the rounds, we um, reach out to the local drift clubs and we ask for helpers and we get them into the, into the event, which I mean, if, if I had somebody ask me, you know, if I wanted to be part of the behind the scenes, you know, five years ago before any of this even started, I would jump at the opportunity just, just to be involved. And, uh, and we get a lot of guys that want to be there just to help out. And, you know, we'd, we hook them up with some drift scrub, so it definitely you know saves them some money on the track too and even just the people they get to network with you know it's it's definitely a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity just just to be part of it and who knows how long we could even do that um you know just as as the series grows and gets bigger and you know it's i don't think there's uh you know if you look at nascar or indycar or anything like that i mean that's there's guys I'm sure that would die just to be part of the series and help out that uh you know, it just doesn't happen in those type of events. So it's cool that Formula Drift is still young enough where he could do those things, you know, but but yeah. And then uh and of course the umbrella girls, as Taylor knows. So we, we took a totally different approach to that and uh made sure that all of our girls were drivers. Um, which is really cool. So Hancock kind of did that one year. They had a couple, um, but then they went right to the agencies. But I don't know. We, um, I mean, we sort of worked with you guys in the past too before, but um, coming into Formula Drift and just our whole model of us being such a grassroots organization, I didn't want to just take that route and just say, hey, you know, we're going from grassroots to, to being a, you know, what looks like a giant tire brand I think we're doing good but (laughs) our name's probably getting is is making us look a lot bigger than we probably are which is which is a great thing but you know I think keeping uh keeping everything in the family and all people we know and all within the community is was way more important so
1: yeah I think that's cool that you guys do the girl the drivers like as your umbrella girls I'll never forget when I was telling Kim I'm like oh I don't know if I should do it (laughs) and then she's like oh dude no you should really do it and then she goes oh god they asked me too. <laughs> I'm like, no, you have to do it.
3: <laughs> yep. Club loose was so hard. I mean, just cause we knew so many people in Club Loose, you know, it was we probably I feel like we probably could have twelve girls there, you know. <laughs> but uh, it was awesome. Uh, you know, you guys were definitely priority for sure. So
0: No, it was awesome. It was definitely it was definitely an experience just because um since me and Alexis, I know, had been going to Formula D since, I don't know, 2013. And like you said, with the growth, it's since even then, it's amazing to see how many more people like the autograph lines compared to like, oh, seven yeah. years ago.
3: yeah, even even this year, you know, uh, that they made the prospect mandatory for autographs, just seeing the line that they're getting also was incredible. It's, uh, it's really impressive.
2: Yeah, and this yeah. is just the beginning.
3: Oh yeah, definitely still the beginning, you know, and it's it's young it's young enough,
0: but it's gonna get real big real fast. Um Man, me, me and Taylor learned real quick not to lock our knees during that autograph session.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well you actually you guys probably got the last round in high heels. They actually told us no more high heels after New Jersey, so <laughs> I
2: think that rules me out though.
3: <laughs> right. Well no, you could wear Cause uh, I think Lauren, she had like blocks on, which which was all right, so that was okay. But like the true high heel, they're like, no, I guess we handled too many drivers, and <laughs> we were, I don't know, I guess we weren't being fast enough. So, which is really kind of comical. But
2: I would need like the six inch like goth pumps just to like <laughs> be able to hold it high enough to reach your shortest driver.
3: Yeah, right. We'll just, like we'll just get an. Ex- we miss- we, we'll fab up an extension for the for the uh, umbrella shaft. <laughs>
0: That'd be perfect. I like so, that we missed the labor law change for FD. I know,
3: right? It was, <laughs> it was actually really comical when like Andy came over and like you know told Sarah that I was like that's actually really funny. I was like I kind of wish we got that in writing somewhere. You know, <laughs> that's like frameworthy. You know. So so,
2: so uh, what are you guys? Is like plans going forward for like next year are you sticking with just FD like what else are you like what other groups are you going to be working with
3: so we did some scouting this year for sure we, um, we made it out to grid life um, so we're it's that's definitely on the table um, not 100% sure yet um, that would really depend on um, the tire manufacturers um, just because it costs a lot of money to bring the rigs from place to place on, and especially staff it so, um, Grid Life was actually looking to to make a spec series. Um, I think it was mainly for their Touring Cup, and that kind of helps the drivers know that they're definitely going to be able to get tires. Because the the biggest thing that drives like tire spec series is supply issue. Because some of these drivers will build these cars and will invest all this money, and then come towards the end of the season, the tires that they are tested on and used to are no longer available or back ordered. Or there's issues. So if we can kind of forecast that ahead of time and partner with the tire manufacturer so we can guarantee that, okay, these drivers are going to use these many tires. There's this many drivers in the series. We're going to fix that problem for you. Um, and then that would also make us part of being there to install them. Um, and the cool part of that is we could help the drift guys there as well. And, you know, at least our our whole rig will be set up and nobody would have to wait online if, you know, if we get the same setup as uh, Formula Drift is used to or used to cranking out a thousand tires. It's uh, I think everybody would really enjoy the fact that they could come over and get tires changed and, you know, in a couple minutes. <laughs> so it definitely it would add a benefit to the series for sure. And then um, Hyperfest is definitely on our, our list, too. Um, we're going to look into that. Um, hopefully going to be there, um, uh, myself, uh, in October, um, to check it out, see how the series is. Um, this year, um, we'll definitely keep supporting the gamblers. I think those are going to keep getting bigger and better as well. Um, Mike power did an awesome job setting up that, you know, the pro street division. I think that was a great step for them. So hopefully he keeps doing that with those guys. Cause it was definitely really cool to see. um, and I was, you know, not not that I'm not going to say I wasn't happy that Alex took on his win and kept his <laughs> undefeated title, of course. But I heard it was a really good battle between those two guys, too. So honestly, that's been a real hard part, too. I mean, it's just supporting um, so many different drivers that, you know, I knew from the club loose days and, and even just traveling with everybody all the time, you're friends with everybody. So it, it's so hard to, to root for any specific driver. Like once you start traveling on the series, cause it's, I don't know. I mean, I guess you hear that from the driver's standpoint too. I mean, it's, it's really hard to have like enemies. So that whole frenemies thing is, is totally real. It's, you know, you when you're basically on vacation with these guys, like, a few weeks out of the year, so it's really cool to, to to see that all come together. But but yeah, so I think that's that's probably about it. Um, um, the Battle of the Bay and Langley—that's actually a series that um, we put a lot of support into this year. And I've always talked with those guys and Ryan over there. Um, I think they put on a really really good event, so we're gonna continue that um, next year as well. So um, but who knows? I mean, we try to know try to help out as much as we can and where we can and you know we're not we're not huge you know it's but we're also not you know trying to to get rich as well so we like to give back as much as we can so
2: oh yeah we were just at um battle of the bay and i don't think i've ever seen a drift event run so smoothly like they had the mixer in between and i was just thinking like oh how's that gonna work but it just worked it was awesome yeah.
3: Yeah, they're really impressive. That's that. That's kind of what attracted me to them. Like I'm, I'm so big on logistics and planning, and you know, it's you know, I've always liked being a travel agent. Kind of even before uh, Formula Drift, and you know, with all my friends, like like I'm a big surfer, so before all that, like I would be the one that would be booking all the surf trips, like in crazy places with my friends, and <laughs> you know, or even my family. I mean, before I, you know, had kids, me and my wife would we've been everywhere. I mean, we, we checked off our, our whole bucket list. So,
1: but and I
3: always enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Morocco, Bali, Maldives, um, Frank, like a lot of spots in Europe, France, Spain. Um, she's from Brazil. So we've seen a lot of different places in Brazil, Panama. Like I, it's, we, we, uh, we, we checked it quite a bit off. I'd say the only continent we haven't been to is uh, Australia, oddly enough, but so one day, we'll get there.
0: <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I've barely breathed on my bucket list.
3: <laughs> I got it. It's, it's, I mean, now it's, it's kind of hard now, but at the same time, I mean it's, flights are still kind of reasonable in some places, you know, or at least the ones that aren't on lockdown. but
2: This is a really weird question, but like, since all like, the COVID stuff, has it been harder for you guys with getting tires? Like, how does that even work?
3: Yeah, so COVID definitely brought on a lot of issues. Um, there was actually other things in the tire industry that kind of like hurt prices. Uh, so on top of COVID, they also announced a tariff um, right at the end of last year. It was on December thirtieth of of all dates, which is crazy. Um, that it was these. It's kind of they call it an anti-dumping law. So it basically, avoids foreign countries. Um, it started with China to be able to bring in product in the U S that's of a lesser grade and kind of ruins the market. So you could buy a, you know, a, a no name brand tire that's $20. Whereas a Goodyear that's got a whole bunch of research and development in it, oh, into the tire. It's a safer tire to be on, um, would sell for a hundred. So there was way too much of a gap and that was always an issue. Um, so in their attempts to fix it, they would put on these tariffs to bring, you know, for those import products to come in. It started with China, and I guess it was unfair to China, so it hit all the other foreign countries. But I guess that's when politics go bad, and some of the tariffs were just out of control. So Kenda and Federal, two big brands in the drift industry, um, where they actually do have good R&D, got hit with an 88% tariff, which made their tires unmarketable. You know, it's got it to the point where... You know, you're drifting on Michelin Pilot Sports at that point. <laughs> so um, with all that going on, tire pricing got crazy because those brands either moved plants to another country that had a less tariff. Um, and then on top of all that, um, freight um, inbound into the U.S. has just gotten out of control. Um, where we used to pay, I don't know, I'd say two to $3,000 a container Um, to get a container of tires here, which is normally about 800 tires. Um, You know, comes out to a couple dollars a tire. So the cost to get the tires here isn't that bad. It's now gone up to about $22,000. So right there, we're already adding $30 on top just to get the tires here, not even including shipping them to the customers when they get here. So so tire pricing has definitely gone crazy. And some of that is COVID-related. Um, you know, shortage of labor and countries on lockdown. So I'm hoping to see that go back down. But the tariffs definitely put a damper on it, too. So, um, you know, probably pricing that we saw at the beginning of the year is going to stick a little bit. Um, but yeah, the de- definitely our, our days of uh, finding our... $50, 60 you know, and pretty decent drift rears are definitely in the past, which is a shame because I know there's some people you know, it'll be really hard for them to you know, to continue in a sport especially, um, you know somebody who's younger, you know, kids We Club Loose, it's not uncommon to see kids right out of high school or you know, they would buy a car together and just so they could get out there and have some fun so um, tire pricing uh, is definitely, is going to be a challenge you know, going forward, but it's a, it's a good challenge for me you know it's I, I as long as SEMA definitely happens this year you know rumors or not um that's actually part of my itinerary I'm going to make sure I I hit that floor and talk with every brand I can and you know see what works and if I find something good it's just going to benefit everybody um you know our, our current partners are always definitely our strongest for sure but um if pricing goes up you know we got to make sure we cater to everybody that's that's super important you know
1: I'm gonna have to keep my K and 15-inch wheels forever. <laughs>
3: That's the way to go. Hey, it's my E30 still has 16s on it, so even, yeah, uh, you know, it's you don't you definitely don't need to be on a 265 35 18 to have fun. I mean, I was I did eight a group on a 205 and a 16-inch, so it's it, it can be done. You could still have a blast. It's you know.
1: Even now, I'm like, damn, these tires burn way really too fast.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely don't need big tires. I mean, unless, unless you're competing, you know, that's when it gets into a whole different level. But
1: yeah,
3: otherwise, you know, that's uh, – and that's things I would almost like to help with, you know, with the series in general or even certain clubs and, you know, even certain pro-am events and street events. It's kind of cool and, you know, helping out in the tire and just having my background with the manufacturers and tire costs, I can actually – um you know help a lot of those series and and keep it inexpensive for everybody um just by that alone because um, if you say hey there's there's no tire rule for a." Uh you know for a big competitive series well your pro guys are going to be coming out with 285s and 305s (laughs) you know because they don't have a tire budget you know it's they're they get them so and it makes it really hard for the guys that want to compete and be in series like that that you know they can't pay 300 dollars a tire to come out there so hopefully our you know we'll be able to share our voice to help those series you know
1: um, for those that don't know, like a regular grassroots driver, can they still order tires through you or do you just support?
3: Uh, yeah. Programs? Yeah. We, yeah, we sell to everybody. Um, we're actually starting to expand, um, out of just, uh, being drift focused, which is kind of, you know, where our name's from. But, um, yeah, now we have everything from all seasons, winter tires and, um, we we're going to release this yet, but um, we're probably going to announce it sometime in October. Um, we are actually doing an off-road division starting um, sometime in October. So there's some of the tires are already on there, but we'll have um, UTV, ATV, um, quite a bit. So it's, That's awesome. yeah, the off-road this year is, I guess maybe I did a lot of traveling in the Midwest. I don't know. It's, <laughs> we, we took a pit stop in Moab. Maybe that was what got me, but just more and more and a lot of the, a lot of the guys who drift they have other fun toys and whatnot and it's uh you know it's we have access to it also it was it was uh an easier call for us um to do it but yeah it'll be exciting cuz then we could tie in those events with other drift events and I don't know I kind of like when you combine two different motorsports um, that was one part of grid life that was pretty cool um, when you see the the grip guys talking with the drift guys and I, I think it's fun to combine so I'm hoping one day you can see a, an off-road event going on with a drift event and you know it's it just helps those communities grow.
0: That
1: would be really cool I don't think I've ever been to an off-road event so <laughs> expect yep, yeah, one time.
3: <laughs> I keep getting my arm twisted in it so it's all I'm gonna I'm gonna start trying to attend some and, and see what it looks like but you know but our core is definitely drifting so and that's always where you know where we try to help out the, best, the most just because a normal tire distributor you know is is really just going to bring in what they want to bring in and summer tires they want to be and you know unless they're in the southern states but anything in the northern states or even midwest they want to make sure they're completely sold out of that inventory um, come fall which normally we still have a few events left and some of the bigger series and and competing um it's even more important because there's <laughs> you know that's that's the final rounds you can't be completely out of inventory so is there
2: like this is weird but is there like a tire that's like easier to mount or like harder mount than others is like
3: are yeah. you
2: say you like your preferences i don't know
3: <laughs> yeah for sure i mean they're they're all different um you know it, it depends It seems like some of the 200 treadwear tires, which is what pro and pro am use, um, they definitely have a stiffer sidewall. So the the lower the treadwear, um, normally the stiffer the tire gets to a point. um, You know that could definitely be debated, Um, but a lot of it's actually the wheel. Believe it or not, it's some of the three piece wheels that we mount are. An absolute challenge. I mean, it's to the point where you know, with the machines that we're using, you literally have to climb on top of the tire and use your feet to push it down onto the bead, um, just to be able to do it fast enough to keep up.
2: So (laughs) So when I was in when I was in Erie, I got to try changing some tires on you guys's machines, and you don't have any of the helper arms. You do everything manually.
3: Yeah, it's not fast enough. (laughs) uh, You know, the the good old arms are a lot quicker than uh, anything automated, um, as crazy as that is. Um, And a little bit has to do with the weight of the machines. You know, having four machines would be more important than having two machines that are fully automated. Um, And let alone a lot of those machines that are automated um, are really made to be in a shop that's doing 20 tires a day um, at most, and we'll exceed what that machine would do in its entire year just in one event. So the risk of any of those parts breaking or anything of that nature is just way too high. Um, whereas a basic machine that we could keep, um, spare parts on hand and, and be able to rebuild it ourselves is, is super important. So.
2: How many tire machines have you guys gone through?
3: um not any machines but we've okay. definitely blown it we actually blew a transmission um in new jersey um at the start of it so we had a transmission replaced in one um during setup day um and the rest has just been uh maintenance luckily you know fingers crossed <laughs> so we got one more round to go but the, it definitely hold up pretty well we did have to change our compressor um because it wasn't it initially wasn't strong enough for as, as much work as we were doing so that was our only big trial and error so we went to this a 30 gallon with a you know a, a little motor on there to this massive 20 horsepower 60 gallon uh, it's definitely the biggest mobile compressor i've ever seen in my life and i was like yeah that'll do it <laughs> and it's uh, uh we could probably air the full facility with that thing it's pretty cool <laughs>
2: Sick. I gotta check that out next time
3: yeah and it's super quiet which is really nice the little one was actually really loud and, and you'd feel bad because whatever team ended up next to you was just I don't know it's you know you had to buy him a beer at the end and be like hey sorry because this thing's going to be rapping in your ear all weekend um, and the new one it's you don't even know it's on it's really nice
2: cool.
3: so there's definitely you know that was important too
2: so I just got one more question um since your business has been doing really well um, do you have any advice to somebody who like might want to get started in some sort of business and like what would you do?
3: Experience for sure definitely work at a place um, that's kind of got a similar business model to you um, not saying that you know go there to steal the idea but it, it experience is always the best thing um, you know it, even though I'm a newer company now, I was the family business that I worked at. I was there about two months shy of 20 years. So it definitely took a long time for me to kind of, um, especially in the business end, just knowing how to start. Um, and my role at the company before I left w- um, was vice president. So I was in charge of the business insurance, the employees, unemployment, like literally everything all aspects of running the business so that's the only reason that i knew i would be able to um you know take the risk on my own just because i had that knowledge um so that's the most important part um that i would say for somebody looking into it is get that knowledge first um let alone not just what you're doing in the business but making sure you're doing everything by the book um you know getting the proper licenses and you know, because you could start this beautiful business and then a couple years could go down the road and find out that you weren't documenting something properly and, and it could, you know, cripple the business. So it's it's really important to know all those things. And honestly, a lot of it you could find on YouTube as well. Um, it was actually challenging going from New Jersey to Florida because there was so many rules in New Jersey um, and Florida is definitely easier, but it was done very differently, too. Um, so I had to educate myself on a lot of the different things, um, just the way they register the company and the, even the counties that you have to pay tax in or just register yourself in. So there's, there's a lot, definitely a lot of knowledge that needs to go into starting it. So
1: I'm like, I damn do well. We, we got to check our notes, <laughs> make sure. It works. We're set.
3: Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm here to help for sure. That's, uh, I, I'm always I'm always into that, you know. I've, I've done it for a long time. So if you guys need any help with those things, you know, feel free to reach out.
2: Thank you. Oh yeah, thanks. The theme of this week's podcast is what goes on behind the scenes in a business. I think a lot of people don't realize how much it takes to do. Oh yeah, for edit. sure.
3: So yeah, it's it's definitely it's a 24-hour job doing your own business for sure. It's uh, you know, there's. There's always something that needs to be done. So even even when I'm away at Formula Drift, I would say that's the hardest part is just keeping up with everything else um, that goes on too. Because you're you know you're still actively running a business while you're at your busiest events. So it's you know that sort of that part's definitely still tough. Um, and there's so many things as a business owner that you just can't pass off. It just you know you want to make sure that you're involved in everything. That way everybody's happy. <laughs> Customers especially, so.
2: Hell yeah. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to no, us. thank
3: you. I'm honored.
1: <laughs> um, Taylor? I'm going to do the honors? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> My Whitmore Weekly Wisdom this week is just to remember that you can't please everybody.
3: Right. I can 100% say that, yep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was a sure. but we try learned this week. yeah we definitely try yes yep.
3: <laughs> as long as that's that's all uh, as long as you're trying that's the most important part
1: oh. um, <laughs> all right was. guys awesome awesome Frank thank you so much oh
3: yeah of course hopefully I'll see you guys soon
1: oh yeah you have a good all night right. have a you good too. night
3: all right take care
1: bye see you
2: bye Hey guys, I wanna take a minute to introduce you to our podcast sponsor, Swivel Mount. Swivel Mount is a camera mount that swivels. It's made specifically for drifting. Why waste time bothering track workers to set up your GoPro mount? You can have one you don't have to worry about. You can place it on or off any car in seconds, making it easy to get great footage. Swivel Mount uses magnets to stay on your vehicle. Your GoPro won't fall off into the guy or girl tandeming behind you. I know for me personally, I like seeing how I progress over the events. Getting a chance to see the Swivel Mount footage is a way to study all of my runs. Swivel Mount helps capture sick footage, and you can get a custom colored flag to match your whole aesthetic. Go to www.theswivelmount.com and use code DK10 to get 10% off anything on their website.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I never told you guys that. <laughs> Citro, I'll believe. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh,
0: I can't anymore. We gotta stop doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh. so, I thought you guys knew, but I was like, I think I might. <laughs> Dude, I was like my like I was like twenty five. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you guys again for tuning in and listening to us ramble. Definitely check out the next episode. Appreciate all your support. Don't forget to follow Drift Kitchen on Instagram and to check out their big cartel site and pick up some merch. Thanks again, guys.